Well, hello, I'm Dr. Shantae Haynes, and it truly is my pleasure to bring you this encouraging message for today. We're still in the series, I'm Building Something, and I pray that you've already been building, but I'm going to encourage you today to keep building. So let's go ahead and bow. Most gracious and heavenly Father God, we do thank you, we bless you, we honor you for yet another day. Thank you, God for always inspiring and encouraging us. Thank you that as we lift our eyes to you, oh God, and we continue to look to you and focus on you, just like Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. God, as we continue looking to you, God, we ask for your wisdom. We ask for your grace. We ask for your favor. We ask God that you just bless us indeed today. And we're going to be so careful, recognizing and acknowledging the fact that it is you and you alone that has done it. Thank you for intervening on our behalf. Thank you for speaking a word to our hearts. Thank you, God, for speaking to us and through us. Thank you, Lord, for pushing us to continue to move forward. It's in Jesus' wonderful name that we do pray and give you thanks. Amen. Well, today, I'm excited about the word, uh, but it's more of a teaching word. It's more of a study word, and you're going to have a lot of work to do. We're doing Nehemiah chapter number three and chapter number four, but for time's sake, I'm only going to read chapter number four. Uh, so I do want you to go back and read chapter number three. We're still in the series, I am building something. And the Bible says in the fourth chapter, beginning at verse one, when Sanballat heard, let me just start off. The third chapter identifies so many people who actually did work. Uh, and I'm not going to try to butcher their names, and that might be one reason I'm not reading it. But the important fact that I want you to notice as you read through chapter number three is there was a lot of effort that was done. They were in close proximity to their homes of when they were assigned to do the work. He assigned responsibility. It was all hands on deck. Everybody needed to do some repairs, some rebuilding, and also dedicate what they had done to God. We don't want to not mention that because that's important. They talked about the sheep gate. That's where the sheep, the temple sheep were coming in that were going to be sacrificed. It talks about the fish gate where the marketers came in and brought fish. He talked about rebuilding the tower, which was close uh, to the temple of uh, the Tower of um, Hundred and the Tower of Han Hanile. But he also said in verse five of chapter number three, the nobles did not help their supervisors. And that's the key piece. Everybody needs to rebuild. We should not ever be above rebuilding. He talked about the old gate. He talked about the inspection gate where the new people were coming in or the foreigners were coming in. And that brings us to Nehemiah chapter number three. Please go back and read. Uh, I'm sorry, that brings us to chapter number four. Please go back and read chapter number three. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious. He mocked the Jews before his colleagues and the powerful men of Samaria and said, what are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore it by themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they ever finish it? Can they bring these burnt stones back to life from the mounds of rubble? Then Tobiah the Ammonite who had been, uh, was beside him said, indeed, even if a fox climbed up with hair building, he would break down their stone walls. First, let me just say this. Huh. There's always going to be a protest when there is some progress. There's always going to be others um, focus on the fact that they were watching. They were watching them rebuild. 
People are going to be watching you rebuild. They were mocking what was happening, but they still progressed. So wherever there is progress, there will be protest. But then, mm, I want to just say this too, that true friends, true friends don't get furious when you start leveling up. True friends don't get upset with you when you start leveling up. Verse four, listen, our God, there's a prayer being offered for we are despised. Make their insults return on their own heads and let them be taken as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt or let their sin be erased from your sight because they have provoked the builders. Verse six, so we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined together up to half of its height for the people had the will to keep working. I'm going to pause right there for a moment. We need to have a will to keep working. People don't want to work today. Everybody wants something handed to them. It's that entitlement mentality. You should do this because I am. I showed up. People say they come to work, but they don't really work. Uh, they think they were hired for their looks and their looks alone. No, you were hired to do a job and you're doing a disservice if you do not do the job that you were hired to do. If you take too many breaks, if you come in late, if you uh, take a long lunch, if you are talking on the phone, all of those things that I'm going to digress for a moment, they had a willingness to work. They got the work done because they were willing to put forth the effort and everybody worked in chapter number three, and he's identifying it here. So verse seven, when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repair to the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and that their gaps were being closed, they became furious. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. So we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of the laborer fails since there is so much rubble. We will never be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they won't know or see anything until we are among them and can kill them and stop the work. They were trying to stop it. When the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us time and again, everywhere you turn, they attack us. So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the vulnerable areas. I stationed them by families with their swords, spears, and, bow and bows. After I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord and fight for your countrymen, your sons and daughters, your wives and homes. I'm gonna say that one again. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord and fight for your countrymen, your sons and daughters, your wives and homes. When our enemies heard that we knew their scheme and that God had frustrated it, every one of us returned to his own work on the wall. From that day on, half of the men did the work while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers supported all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building and the trumpeter was beside me. 
Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is enormous and spread out, and we are separated far from one another along the wall. Wherever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work while half of the men were holding spears from daybreak until the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, let everyone and his servant spend the night inside Jerusalem so that they can stand guard by night and work by day. And I, my brothers, my men, and the guards with me never took off our clothes. Each carried his weapon, even when washing. I'm building something series. I'm really building something. And today is part five. And I'm simply going to say it this way. In the words of what MC Hammer would have done, and I know I'm dating myself, he 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 danced and he had this song out that says, you can't touch this. And part of it says, I thank Lord, my Lord, for blessing me with rhythm and two hyped feet. Instead of you can't touch this, because they were really trying to touch, you can't stop this. Part five, you can't stop this. There was effort made by every single person in chapter number three. It was in close proximity to their home. So they saw it. They did the work. They made sure they did the work. And everybody had a piece. Everybody had a part. Everybody played a portion within what was being built. And it got done and they joined everything together. That part was good. And then we start seeing the opposition coming up. We start seeing the people watching. We start seeing the opponents coming up and, you know, mocking and despising and saying and utter all manner of evil. But I remember my Bible telling me that the weapons may form, but they will not prosper. It says no weapon form will prosper and every tongue that rises up in judgment, it shall be condemned. And I'm believing that Nehemiah, even though that wasn't pinned just yet, he knew that principle because he said, we're going to pray. Lord, don't let them. You hear them. I want you to make sure, Lord, because you said every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. So I'm going to ask you to intervene here. Where there is progress, I'm going to say it again, there is always going to be some protest. This is a part of the spiritual warfare. When you're doing what God is calling you to do, when you're building the, the business that he's calling you to build, when you're building the programs that he's causing you to build, when He you're having leadership stand in the gap and make amends, make way for something great to happen, to turn the world upside down, there is going to be some protest. The disciples, as they were following Jesus, they protested Jesus. They protested them after he left. They, they were always in front of them, putting them in jail, throwing them in prison just because they were using the name of Jesus and the fact that people were being healed, delivered, and set free. They wanted to stop them because of jealousy. They wanted to stop them because they wanted the power. They wanted to stop them, but they could not. You can't stop this. When God has a plan and God has a plan for you, God has something for you to do. The enemy is going to try, but don't let him stop you. Hmm. 
I'm going to put that one right there. Please make sure you recognize that you have to have a willingness to do the work and keep working. Keep working. A willingness to keep working. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Don't stop. Don't get stagnated. Don't settle, but keep moving. Keep moving forward. And a true friend, I'm going to make sure I point this one out to you again too. A true friend is not going to be furious, not going to be angry, not going to try to stop you when you're ready to level up. When you're saying settling no more, it is not what I want to do. Pity parties, I'm busting the balloons right now because I am moving forward. God's got a better plan for me. He says my ladder is greater than my former. I'm not looking back at my past, but I'm looking forward to my future. That's what we're supposed to do. Keep moving. And then notice also there was a significant focus on God. The enemies became furious. Yes, they plotted to fight. Yes, they tried to cause confusion, but there was prayer and they were stationed in those areas that were the most vulnerable. Nehemiah was smart. He stationed the people with their spears, their swords, their bows in areas that were vulnerable. He offered encouragement. He said, wait a minute, our God is more than able. He's our awe-inspiring Lord. Yes, he can do it. He can prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Yes, he can make the sun stand still. Come here, Joshua. Let's just talk about that one for a moment. If you are going to be faithful and persevere, God's going to be able to do a new thing through you. Don't stop. That's my encouragement for you today. It doesn't matter what you are trying to build. Don't stop. If you're trying to build your spiritual foundation, don't stop. Prepare, plan, make sure that you are going to be in the word, listening to the word with an ear intent on actually carrying it out. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. I'm telling you, God is building something through you and he's got something for you to do and you can't stop. This is what you need to tell the devil. Nobody is going to be able to stop it. So four key things that I want you to remember that if you're going to build something, four things that you have to have in place. One is preparation. They prepared. Nehemiah prepared. If you look back at chapter number one and chapter number two, Nehemiah heard the word and he was preparing. He asked the king for certain provisions. He asked for protection, but he was preparing. The Bible tells us in Mark, the 15th chapter and the 42nd verse, as well as in Luke, the 23rd chapter and the 54th verse, that there is a preparation day. There's even a preparation day that was prepared the day before the Sabbath. They prepared. Don't just go in whenever you feel like it, but make sure that you are prepared. The 50th Psalm verse 23 also tells us that we need to be prepared. And I was going to pull that one up. Hold on just one minute for me as we go, because I know that God's word is so good that we need to be prepared. And let me see if I can find it really quickly in the King James Version. That's Psalm, the 50th Psalm verse 23. And the Bible says, whoever so offers praise glorifies me and him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show salvation to God. I'm going to switch it over to the NIV version. And I believe that's where I have my word preparation. Study. Study is important. He who sacrifices thanks offerings honors me and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. 
Do you want to see the salvation of God? You need to be prepared. So prepare yourself appropriately. So first is the preparation. The second one is you got to have a plan. Notice Nehemiah said, I'm going to check you and I'm going to ask you to be in close proximity to your house because he is right around the corner. You don't have to go too far. I want to make sure that you're going to get the work done and you're going to see it in front of your face. And when you see it, you know what needs to get done but i'm gonna plan in luke the 14th chapter in the 28th verse jesus says wait a minute a man is going to count the cost to make sure that he's able to finish the work that he starts you count it before you start otherwise you'll be mocked and you don't want to do that so you need to plan notice he also said i'm going to put and station guards in the places that are most vulnerable i want to make sure that you cannot come in on those vulnerable places the strengthened places i'm good with but I need to make sure that those breaches are not going to be breached. Those things that need to be worked out and then prayer. So it's preparation and plan. Then you're going to pray about it. Notice Nehemiah prayed a couple of times in chapter number four. He said, look, Lord, they're talking about us. So we're going to need you to stop that. All right. We're going to need you to make sure that, you know, whatever confusion they're trying to cause is not going to work, but we're going to pray again because they keep on keeping on, but we are not going to stop this work. Prayer, prayer is, is important. In the 127th Psalm verse one, it says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. We want God to build what we're building, right? We want him to build what we're building. Prayer, if you want to build a spiritual foundation, ask him. If you want to build, build up your faith, make sure you're in the word. So faith comes by hearing. And what are you hearing? You're hearing the word of God. If you want to build your business you, or your career, ask God to intervene. If you don't ask him to intervene, then it won't be built on a solid rock. You really want to make it there. If you want to build your home or build a house, you want God to be in the center of it. Notice as they were rebuilding they dedicated. So make sure you recognize part of that dedication is I'm saying, God, this belongs to you. This is yours. I am not going to stop. So it's preparation. Then it's planning. Then it's prayer. And the last one is perseverance that you need. Perseverance. Yes, it's going to require that you put in the effort. Yes, it's going to require that you continue to work at it. Yes, it's going to require that you are going to make sure that no matter who is coming up against you, when God says do something, you are going to be obedient. Perseverance. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter number six, verse nine, don't be weary in well-doing for you shall reap if you faint not. Hear me good. You shall reap if you faint not. Preparation, planning, prayer, and perseverance. Moses persevered and though Red Sea was parted. Joshua persevered and they walked across the Jordan River. Oh, Caleb persevered. And even in his older age, seasoned, I should say, he was still able to take that mountain. We have to recognize Joseph persevered, regardless of whether he was thrown in a pit, whether he was in prison, he ended up still in the palace doing the work that God had planned for him. David persevered, even when spears were being thrown at him, even when he was out there in the field and his dad didn't even call him in. David persevered, even through all of his missteps and mess ups and all of that and wanting to build the temple. And even when God said, no, your hands are too bloody for this to happen, but your son is going to be able to do that. He said, still, I'm going to persevere. Paul persevered even when he was thrown in prison, even when he was beaten. It didn't matter. 
Paul persevered so that he could give us the gospel, the good news. John persevered, even though he was thrown in the Isle of Patmos, it didn't matter what was happening. He persevered and Jesus persevered too. Yes, he did. If he did that, what say you? You can't stop this. We're building something here today. You're building something here today and you can't stop what you're doing. It's that important. Somebody's depending upon you. God is depending upon you to solve the problem on this earth that no one else can solve in the way that you can solve it, to help the people that he is already stationed round about you to be able to help. And they're depending on you. The kingdom is depending upon you. Let's bow. Most gracious God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. God, you are the God, an awe-inspiring God, one high and lifted up, almighty champion you are. There is none like you, there's none above you. You deserve our praise and our worship. You deserve it all today. And so we love you more today than we've ever loved you before. We know more about you today than we've ever known before. God, you prepare, you plan. God, you know our thoughts are far off and you even tell us that your thoughts are not ours, that you've got great things that we can't even imagine just waiting for us and we stand in tippy-toe anticipation of whatever that is. So God, open our eyes of understanding so that we might see the work that you have for us to do, that we might put our hands to the plow and never turn back, that we might go out and be diligent in doing what you have called us to. God, we've got a willingness to work. Oh Lord, help us because you told us that if we confess our sins, that you will be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we come before you now saying, Lord, our past doesn't look like where you're taking us in the future. Our character is not lining up with what you want it to do. So Lord, we are changing. We're asking you to clean us up, oh Lord. Give us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit on the inside so we might be able to do the work that you've called us. We don't feel worthy, Lord, but you count us. You count it as righteousness, oh God. You said if we would have the faith of the size of a mustard seed, we would be able to say to a mountain to move and it shall move. You said that we would be able to heal, deliver, and set free as well, oh God. You said call for the elders of the church and those that are needing healing will be healed. God, we are asking for miracle signs and wonders again. We're asking, Lord, not because of us, but because of your grace and your mercy. We're not asking because of what we did, but because of what Jesus already did. We're not asking, God, because we want to have fame or fortune. We're asking because we want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done on this earth, just like it is in heaven. Father, use us today. Use us in a mighty, mighty way. Lead us and guide us the way that you would have for us to go so that we won't turn back. We won't look back. We won't sit back. We won't settle. We won't struggle. We won't strain. We won't stress. We won't be frustrated. We won't be agitated, but we are going to walk in everything that you called us to do. Help us to be confident in the things that we know that you have called us to. Lord, increase our faith, believing that what you say we can have, we shall have. 
Help us to declare and decree it a thing, just like you have declared and decreed the thing. Lord, let us speak your word and speak your word and speak life into this world, into our situations, into our homes, into our businesses, into the direction in which you're calling us to. God, we thank you. We thank you for ordering our steps. We thank you for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We thank you for the divine strategies that you're giving us. Lord, we bless you. Help us to worship. Help us to lift your name on high. We're going to be careful. We're not going to stop the work. We're not going to stop. We're not going to give up. We're going to continue to fight. We're going to fight for what you called us to do. Every day we wake up, every breath that you give us, we're going to give your name praise. It's in Jesus' wonderful name that we do pray and give you thanks. Amen. Well, God bless each and every one of you. And there's something about prayer that energizes. There's something about prayer that encourages. There's something about that intimate relationship with the Lord that allows us to keep fighting a little while longer. Don't give up. I'm praying for those that are sick, those whose parents are sick, those who are struggling, those who are going through. I'm praying for you today. For those who need jobs, it shall come. For those who need doors open, they're opening. I'm thanking God in advance for what he is doing on your behalf. Now to him who is more than able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that you could hope, ask, or think, according to the power that does work on the inside of you, may he grant you peace and favor in Jesus' name. I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. It truly is my pleasure to bring you this encouraging word to help you put feet to your faith so that you can walk victoriously. Share this message with someone else. Subscribe to it as well. Like it. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'm looking forward to continuing to serve you. Have a fantastic rest of your week. You can find us online at h the number two h truth.org. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.